Come on, church, let's lift up the name of Jesus. Let's just start praising him. Let's just start worshiping. Lord, you're worthy tonight, God, Lord. With every hand raised in the air tonight, Lord, we exalt you, Lord, tonight, Lord. You're a holy, wonderful God, Lord. Move in this place, Jesus, Lord. Touch some heart, touch some soul, touch some mind tonight, Lord. Don't let us leave unchanged, but let us leave changed by your power and your presence tonight, Jesus. Tonight's the night, Lord. Tonight's the night. We just exalt you. We praise you. We lift you up tonight, Jesus, because you're worthy, Lord, because you're worthy, Lord. I love him tonight, church. I love him tonight. There's no place I'd rather be tonight than to be in the house of the Lord. I've had jobs that have kept me away from the house of God, and I never want to do that again. I've seen see a couple men down here with their work attire on, and it's worth it to come to the house of God. It's worth it to show up in the house of God. It's worth it to be around the, the people of God, the church of the living God tonight. And it's worth it to give your all to God, no matter what it takes. God's no respecter of persons tonight, church. We're going to open this, this service tonight in the book of Colossians, chapter, chapter 2. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad to have a privilege to, to speak tonight. And I don't want to take for granted the time I have with God. Because just like Sunday, you never know where you're going to end up. The Greenwood Park Mall, you never know where you're going to be at when your last moment is on this world, on this earth. So Colossians chapter 2, and we're going to start in verse 6. We're going to start in verse 6. We're going to read through verse 15. It says, As ye have therefore received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Rooted and built up in in him, established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelt in all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him. How many want to be complete in God tonight? Some of you have come in here incomplete. Some of us have come in here broken, shattered, messed up, bruised, and abused. But how many want to leave this place completed in God? Completed in, in knowing that there's a future ahead of me in my life. It says, In whom also ye circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, without hands, and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by with the circumcision of Christ. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. How many of you are glad the Lord forgives our sins? Verse 14 goes on, it says, Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. How many are thankful for the cross tonight? How many are thankful for the bloodshed that Jesus shed, his innocent blood, that we may have everlasting life one day? One day we may have everlasting life in heaven for eternity. If Pastor could pray for this message tonight.
Jesus' name, you may be seated if you're going to preach with me. If you're going to preach with me. If I could title this segment, this message, it'd be Made Without Hands. How many want to be made by God tonight? I want to be made, I want to be molded, I want to be shaped by the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to lay some foundation here before we get started. It says, in the book of Genesis, there was a covenant that has... That had been made. The very first book of the Bible we read, there's a, there was a covenant that was made. And there was an agreement that was made. It was a covenant between the Lord and Abraham. Within this covenant, God had promised that Abraham, if he would have made him his God and, and, and served him and told him, hey, this is, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make you my God. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to put you first in my life. That he would make him um, and, and agree by his statutes that he would bless Abraham and would, would multi, multiply his seed and his land. So right off the bat, we see that man and, and God had an agreement. Sister Peg, they, 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 they understood one another, and they, they got on common ground. They said, this is the deal we're going to make. And Abraham made up in his mind, I'm going to serve the Lord, and I'm going to do all that is right that I know to do, and I'm going to obey this covenant. I'm going to abide by this covenant with you, Jesus. Abraham... He knew what he had to do, and Abraham had accepted this proposal, and, and a covenant was made, and a sign of this covenant was that every man had to be circumcised. Even the old men had to be circumcised. Even Abraham had to be circumcised. It wasn't just the young kids, but this was a natural, a, a physical sign, a physical reputation, Brother Mike, that, you know, this was, this was the covenant. This was it. This was the agreement between me and God, that every Jewish man had to be circumcised. And now Paul mentions in this, in this certain scripture here in Colossians chapter 2, says Paul mentions a different circumcision in Colossians. It's not just a physical circumcision that we see. Not one that's made from the hand of man, but by Jesus Christ through baptism in his name. If you haven't been baptized or you haven't been identified with God tonight, there's your answer. The tank is here. The water is here to be troubled tonight. If you feel as though in your soul you want to be baptized, we have some ministers in the church that will explain to you if you don't know exactly what, what that means or, or how that happens. We have ministers in place that will help you tonight in understanding that. God is, is about to do something, church, that men cannot do. You see all these things that are happening in the world. God is about to do something that men cannot do. We look down to the future. We read the back of the book. God's about to do some things that men cannot do tonight, church. That men is not going to be able to do. It's not within their hands, in their power, that, that they're going to be able to, to, to satisfy us, to, 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 to withstand us. So we've got to understand that tonight. It's not anything that God, men can do, but it's what God can do tonight. It's about a new thing. He's going to do a new thing. This was a new, a new circumcision that was mentioned, that Paul mentioned in this, in this book of Colossians, a new circumcision, a new covenant, a new agreement that we are going to serve God, that, that if you are baptized in his name and filled with the Holy Ghost, you are making a commitment to him that I'm going to serve you till I die. This is the new lifestyle. This is a new agreement between me and you, Lord. Only Lord can discard your wrongdoings. Only he can make what's wrong and make it right. Only he can forgive sin. Only he has the power. Man doesn't have the power. 
And, and we could go, we could step into a booth today in Catholicism and, and, and confess our faults to a man, but he's just a man. How many are glad we have an all-seeing, all-knowing God that loves and truly cares for us? Not one that's going to backbite, not one that's going to go and tell everybody else our problems, our situations, but it stays with him, Sister Serena. It stays with him. It never leaves him. He cares about you and I in that manner. But Paul warns the church in Colossians about being spoiled by vain deceit and the tradition of men. How many understand that as, as we feel like we're entering into the last days, it feels like there's more deceit and there's more trickery and there's more a facade and there's more of a, of a sense of false, falseliness about the truth. And what we read and what we see on, on, on certain platforms but if the Lord is going to move and in in work in our families, it's going to be when we obtain a full revelation of who Jesus Christ is. If you're going to see some things transpire in your life, and if I'm going to see some things transpire in my life, it's going to be from a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. We, in Hyphen, I taught a couple of weeks ago, and Brother Ken was in the class because he was doing some things for the pastor, for pastor appreciation that week. And, and I was teaching about Jonah. And we see that Jonah was swallowed up by a, by a whale, by a, a magnificent fish. And in that belly, he got a revelation of who Jesus Christ was. Don't wait until it's too late, church, until you're swallowed up by sin. Don't wait until you're swallowed up by the enemy tonight. But have a re- revelation of who Jesus Christ is tonight while you can. We need to set aside tradition Amen, and, and throw away vain deceit to the curb and say, we want true revelation of Jesus Christ. I don't want any fake thing. I don't want any unrealistic thing. I, want to, I know when I come in contact. Anybody who's been filled with the Holy Ghost knows how that feels. And I never want to take that for granted. I don't want, it to, I don't want anything that man has just came up with, but I want to live by the true word of God tonight. The true word of God. And what is the true word of God? It's this right here. It's the roadmap to heaven. It's, it's, it's our plan of salvation today, church. I don't want a man-made golden calf, hocus-pocus, cheap, skate religion tonight. I want a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. I want to know my Savior. I want to know the one who died for me. I want to know the one who gave his life for me. I want to know the one that shed his blood for me. I want to know the one that saved me from my sin, that, that said, you know what, I'm going to set you down solid ground. I'm going to turn you around so you can walk forward through life. If you guys have your Bibles, we're going to go to the book of Judges tonight. Judges chapter 7. I feel like something's shifting tonight, church. The last couple services I've been in through the, through the, the fellowship service and through Sunday service, I felt a shifting. I felt a moving. I felt an, another plateau of the church. I felt another, you know, another yearning after God's presence. Judges chapter 7, and we're going to talk about Gideon. We're going to talk about Gideon tonight. And if there's anybody I admire in this Bible, it's Gideon through this word. We're going to start in verse 1. It says, Then Jerubal, who is Gideon, and all the people that were with him, rose up early and pitched beside the well of Herod, so that the hosts of the Midianites were on the north side of them by the hill of Morah, in the valley. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, Mine own hand hath saved me. Your own hand cannot save you tonight. 
My own hand cannot save me tonight. No money can save me. No job can save me. No family can save me. No, no mortal man can save me, but an immortal God can save me tonight. And his name is Jesus Christ. And as we read through this chapter, I'm not going to read through the whole thing because it's a, it's a, it's a lengthy story. I'm going to save for the sake of time tonight. But we understand that Gideon and the children of Israel are, are at war against the Midianites. And, and they start out with 22,000 men, Jacob. They start out with 22,000 men. And the Lord dwindles them down, and he, and, he, and, he, and he lessens the group. And he dwindles away the, the, the amount of men that are in that army of the, of the Israelites. And the story of Gideon and the 300 Israelites reveals us that sometimes God will lessen you to really show how great he is. Sometimes he'll, he'll bring you to those low places to show you how far he can bring you. How many have been brought from a mighty long way tonight? How many know where you've been brought from tonight? I never want to forget where the sin I was bound by, the, the, the immortal lifestyle that I was bound by tonight. I love the Lord tonight. In verse 12, the scripture compares the multitude of the enemy as grasshoppers, and their camels were without number as the sand by the sea. I don't know about anybody else, but I've been through some things here recently, and it feels like I'm outnumbered. It feels like I'm outnumbered. It feels like there's no chance of escape for me. And you feel, feel as though, you know, God, why are you lessening me right now? Why does it feel like, you know, you're stripping away my, my priorities in life? Why are you stripping away the important things out of my life? And God is, 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 has got a greater purpose for Gideon in this story. We'll find out. It says he wanted to, wanted to make sure that the men would not get credit for the victory over the Midianites. We understand that he started out with 22,000. It dwindled down to 10,000. And then it dwindled down to 300. 300 people. And so what does that tell you? You do the math. What's 10,000 minus 9,700? That's 300 people. Me and Lexi had a conversation last night. I don't know how to do math, she says. <laughs> so she could teach us better than I could probably. So we understand that that was 9,700 men that got up and left. Got up and left. How many, how, many would, how, how many would feel, man, Lord, what are you doing right now? We're about to, we're about to face this army full of thousands and thousands of, of men who are trained to, to kill, and you're dwindling down my army to 300 people. What is the deal here, Lord? And so we understand that he says, you know what? I'm going to do this in my way. I'm going to do this in my time. And we're going we're gonna to see what happens. We're going to see what pans out here, even though he knew, the Lord knew what was going to happen. And so he, he, he grabs all these 300 men, he put, throws a trumpet in their hand, he throws a, a pitcher in their hand, and with a, a lamp in their pitcher, and he says, at the sound of the trumpet, break the pitcher, and the, and the Lord's going to come fighting after, after you, and the Lord's going to defeat, defeat the enemy. And so we find out that, that they break the pitchers, and in verse, 20, in verse 20 it says, and their three companies blew the trumpets and break the pitchers, and held the lamps in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands to blow with all. And they cry, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. I never want to not include the Lord in my prayer, in my proclamation. And they stood every man in the place around about the camp, and all the hosts ran and cried and fled. And the 300 blew the trumpets, and the Lord set every man's sword against his fellow. So what does that tell you and I today? The Lord is going to fight our battles. The Lord is going to fight my battle. I don't even have to draw my sword out. 
I don't even have to, to, to raise my hand. The Lord's going to fight my battle no matter what. And so this is what we understand through Scripture is that through the sound of God, through the trumpet, through the cry of the Lord, through the sword of the Lord and of Gideon, that, 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 that the 300 were saved by the Lord. And they won, and they won in victory. They won that battle. If you can allow me to remind the church that there is nothing too great for God tonight, church. If you can allow me that there's nothing too small that he doesn't care about. There's nothing too great in your life that's going on that he doesn't care about, that that he can't overcome. Yeah, the enemy may look overwhelming and it may seem like your reinforcements are dwindling away. But God is on your side if you are identified with him today. If you are identified with, with, with Jesus Christ through water baptism and the filling of the Holy Ghost, he's on your side. Don't think he's not. Be identified with Christ today. Scripture in Colossians chapter 2, verse 11 says, Those who have been baptized and repented of sins have been circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. The battle is won without the, without the hands of man tonight. The battle is won without the hands of you and I tonight. But it's by Jesus Christ. It's by getting on our knees at this altar and crying out to God. The sword of the Lord. The sword of the Lord. The sword of the Lord. How many want the sword of the Lord in your life tonight? i got to have that tonight. It's time we allow ourselves to be made without hands of man. As a young man, I just turned 27. And a lot of people say, well, you're still a little baby. But as a young man, you know, we, we tend to strive for certain goals in life. We, we, we tend to strive for certain things in life. I want this nice house. I want this nice car. I want my family to have this. But most of all, I want God to be in the center of all of that. I want the Lord to be in the center of all of that. No matter what the Lord has to take away from me, I want God to be there in the, in, the, in the space that's left empty. I want God to fill every void in my life tonight, church. The victory is not won through man, but the victory is won through God. Remember that. Man will disappoint you, jobs will let you down, friends will fail you, family may even turn their back on you, but God will never leave you. He said in his word, he'll never forsake you. He has never disappointed me. He has never let me down, and I know for sure he will never fail me. If he ever let you down, you wouldn't be here today. Let me tell you that. If he ever failed you, wouldn't you be seating, you wouldn't be sitting in these seats tonight. Why do you keep coming back? Because the Lord has answered some prayers. Why do you keep coming back? Because you know where your bread's buttered tonight. I don't want to bite the hand that feeds me tonight, church, but I want, to, I want to be saved by the Almighty God. Gideon had some major trust in Jesus. This is why I envy to be like Gideon tonight, because he had trust in him. He said, Lord, I know you're taking everything away from me. Not once did I ever read through this scripture, but he never once complained. He never once said, you know what, what's going on here? Why, why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? I can't do this without the, the, the other 9,700. I can't do it without the, the other group that left. But no, he stood firm and he stood grounded in what he knew to be true in his Lord and his Savior. Will you say whatever or whoever it is, I got to steer away from her to get closer to you, Jesus. Whoever or whatever you have to take away from me, just like Gideon's army, I'll be okay with it if that's what it will take for me to have a victory in my life. Some things, 
some people want to want to know why we you don't have victory in your life. Sometimes I want to know why I don't have victory in my life. Is because we don't give up things that are tripping us up. Because we allow things to come in our life that come as a blockade to our victory. Gideon's army was formed and shaped not by Gideon's hand, but by the hand of the Lord tonight. We find out that it was it was shaped, it was formed, it was molded, it was it was formed for Gideon. It was formed in the manner. Let me tell you something. You're meant for this this church tonight. This this is a church full of people that have a purpose, have a plan, have a have a project going on right down the road that's going to bring more people to the body of Jesus Christ. This is what it's all about, church. It's all about a movement. It's all about a change. It's all about a shifting. It's all about what's God's plan. It's all about, you know what, yeah, we may run into some barriers. We may run into some people that say, well, you know what, I'm going to leave the church. Well, go on. I'm going to live for God. You know what, I'm going to live for God no matter what it takes. I don't care. I don't care what the enemy may throw at me, Brother Jedi. I'm going to live for Jesus Christ tonight. And I don't care if the, the devil hears me right now and he throws something at me next week. I'm still going to live for God. If he hears my voice right now, I'm still going to live for Jesus Christ because he's done so much for me in my life and my family's life. How can I not serve him? How could Gideon leave God after being saved from all those men, from all those men that were trained to kill, Brother Levi, all those men that, were, that knew that were breathing down Gideon's neck? How I many you know tensions were rising at that time? If you were Gideon, tensions were rising, you were saying, okay, I don't know how it's going to work, but we're going to do it. How many are willing to live your life, lay your life down for this? I'm willing to lay my life down for this. This is important. The plan of victory is in God tonight. The plan of victory is in God. Even though it seems as though the enemy is invading, the Lord is behind the scenes and he's positioning you like a chess piece so that you'll come out on the other side. How many of you ever play the game of checkers? Anybody ever play the game of checkers? I remember sitting down at my, my grandma and grandpa's house when I was younger and I'd be like, man, grandpa, why don't you give me a break here? Why, why do I keep losing? Because he had the plan. He knew the plan. He had a scheme, and he was moving pieces around that I, I wasn't knowledgeable of. And so we understand that today as God is moving behind the scenes. In your circumstance, in your situation, even though Gideon faced a huge army, he had to have known in the back of his mind, God's going to work this out. God's going to work this out. Those 300 of Gideon, Gideon's men had to question, had to have some sort of uneasiness about what's going on. It's okay to have uneasiness in God tonight. Can I say that? It's okay to question and say, you know, what's going on? But we can't let that dictate our relationship with God. We can't let that dictate and overcome and overwhelm us to the point where we go backwards in God. But we got to have our full trust in Jesus tonight. But they stood next to the man of God, and they said, we will fight next to you. We're all going to see this thing through because God has a plan for us. How many want to step behind our pastor tonight? In this building process, we need some hands. We need some people that are willing to work. We need some people that are willing to see a movement. We, are, we need some people that are willing to fill in the gap, fill in the void. And say, whatever it takes, we're going to see something happen in this church. We've all come into the house with a need, some great, some small, some urgent, and some that's not so pressing. If you didn't have a problem, you wouldn't be here tonight, church. If, you, if your life was perfect, let me know the secret because I want to know. And, and that's how life is. Some people say, you know, why do I go through things? It's life. We were, we were born into sin. We were born into transgression. We were born into this thing. But, you know, what's going to take us out is the mighty hand of Jesus Christ. 
We're going to be taken out of this place to the sound of a trumpet, and it's all going to be over with, and we'll spend eternity with Jesus. If the musicians want to come tonight, the singers want to come tonight, I'm going to end on, on, on this portion of Scripture. But I'm going to say this, but the Word of God says, blotting out the ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. I'm near glad tonight that your sin was nailed to that old rugged cross. If you have your Bibles, go to Psalms, book of Psalms. And I don't want to keep you very long, much longer. The book of Psalms, we're going to go to uh, verse Chapter 119. We're going to start at verse 89. We're going to go through 93. Shout amen if you're there. Psalms 119 verse 89 says... Forever, O Lord, thy, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth, and it abideth. They continue this day according to thine ordinances for all, for all thy servants. Remember that, thy, thy ordinances. What, is, what does Colossians say? What, is, what have we read through Colossians? That we don't need to abide by the ordinances of man but we need to abide by the ordinances of God. It says, unless, verse 92 goes on, it says, unless thy law had been my delights, unless the law had been what I wanted it to be, unless the law was something that I wanted to happen, I should then have perished in my affliction. How many understand that tonight? If it was in your plan, Brother Mike, you would have failed. If it was something that I wanted in my life, I would have failed. God's got a purpose for somebody in this house tonight. And it's up to you and to me to figure out what that is tonight. By hitting our knees on this altar and understanding i got to be made, i got to be shaped, i got to be molded without the hands of man, but with the hands of God tonight. And it says, I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me. I am thine, save me, for I am sought thy precepts. The wicked have waited for me to destroy me, but I will consider thy testimonies. How many have a testimony in here? The wicked are, are, are coming after you and I on a daily basis. We're not going to escape Satan today. The, the Satan is going to keep pressing, keep, keep fighting, keep, keep going against the grain. And if we don't come to the realization of the revelation of who Jesus Christ is through water baptism and the infilling of the Holy Ghost, we won't escape that tonight. We can't get away from that tonight. It's nailed to the cross, and it's forever settled, it says. Forever settled. But the question is, are you in, in covenant with him today? Are you in a covenant, just like Abraham and the Lord? They made the covenant at the beginning of this message. Are you going to be in covenant today? Do you have an agreement with God today that no matter what may happen, no matter what circumstances may arise in my life, no matter what you have to take away from me, God, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to put you in the forefront of my life, in the forefront of my family's life. Have you come to an agreement today? I want to be made and molded and shaped after the Lord tonight. I want to be who God wants me to be. 
for something to be ever settled. If you don't get anything else from this message tonight, get this. For something to be ever settled, you must first give it to the Lord so that he can settle it. How is it settled? It's nailed to the cross. Who else was on the cross but Jesus? Who else gave his life on Calvary's hill but Jesus Christ tonight? Come and be in agreement with the Lord today. Say, not my will, but thine will. Be in covenant with the Lord today, church. I love this church, and I believe there's some good things coming our way. Amen? God bless you all.